Welcome to Coffee Talk with Linda Davis. Before we dive into God's Word today, just a little bit about myself. I love Jesus. I love coffee. And I love sharing keys to abundant living with others. So if you haven't already, go grab a cup of coffee and join me today as we talk about anchored joy, being anchored in the joy of the Lord, regardless of what comes our way. Regardless of any circumstances we find ourselves in, if we remain anchored in joy, nothing can toss us to and fro. Nothing can cause us to get washed out. We are in a season of seeing and then receiving. You have to see it to receive it. You have to believe it. You have to raise your expectation. You have to raise your faith level and you will receive what God has for you. And he has overflow for you. He has abundance for you. And it's gonna be different than last time. And I know a lot of people are in a place of discouragement, are in a place of disappointment, and they hear something like this. They hear somebody say, God has great things for you. God has joy and peace and overflowing and financial blessing, um, resources, provision, right? Uh, Restoration, redemption, uh, recompense, all these things. And he has them for you on a greater level, which absolutely 100% he does. But when you've had discouragement after discouragement after discouragement, it gets difficult to not harden your heart towards those specific words of the Lord. And so when you harden your heart, which is truthfully what the enemy is aiming at, it's what he's been trying to get you to do all along, right? Because he comes only to kill, only to steal, and only to destroy. He never comes to redirect you in a, in a correct path, never. Right? And we know that the Lord, his mission is to give life and life more abundantly, to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we could ask or imagine. And I'm not here this morning to just give you a feel-good word of, oh, God, you're just flowers and roses and everything's going to be great and just hang on. He's going to overflow and just pour, open up the windows of heaven, pour out to you, and that's it. No, I'm here to encourage you that God has you. He's a restorer. He's a redeemer. And he will bring recompense. And he's in a season of doing that. And we have our portion. We have to see it. We have to believe it. We have to raise our level of expectation. We have to raise our level of faith. We have to say to ourselves, I know my God. And I'm going to rest in him. I'm going to have faith in him. I'm going to trust him. You've heard me say this before. If you've listened to me at all, faith and doubt cannot hang out. So see, the enemy comes in and he discourages us just enough to cause us to doubt that God's going to actually do what he said he's going to do or that God even wants to do what we think he wants to do. He just causes us to doubt just a little bit. And then that's in there. And what it's doing is it's battling against our faith. It's contending against our faith. It's slowly chipping away at our expectation level. And we're like, well, this happened and this happened and this happened. Have have you had a lot of things in your life 
not be what you expected them to be. They didn't turn out the way you thought that they were going to turn out. I sure have. And it's frustrating and it's disappointing and it's discouraging, especially when you know you've heard from the Lord. When you know that you've heard from the Lord on a matter, you know that he directed your steps, you take those steps and then it's not how you thought it was going to be. And that's discouraging and that's frustrating for sure. But it's been exactly like God knew it would be. And I want you to hear that. Even though it wasn't what you expected, just because it wasn't the outcome you expected does not mean God was not directing your steps and that it was exactly as God knew it would be to bring you to the place you are at right now. That's pretty wild. And we don't like to wrap our minds around that, but that's really what Romans 8.28 is telling us. When Romans 8.28 tells us that we know all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose, right? When we, when we know this, and when it, when it tells us this, that God, that we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, but yet we're in a frustrating season. We're in a discouraging, and we're tired of being discouraged. We're tired of being frustrated. We're tired of looking, and I want to put quotations around this, feel, quote unquote, feel like God's just not with us. God doesn't understand. That's when we have to take our heart, we have to turn it to God and say, I choose to believe you have my best interest in heart. I'm going to stay loyal to what I know is true And what I know is true is God is more than able. He's more than sufficient. He knows better than I know. I want to know the truth of this situation, Lord. You're clearly trying to show me something about me instead of the situation I find myself in. What am I going to do in this situation? I'm going to be anchored in joy. As I was praying about all this this morning and what I was going to share, I saw a picture of an anchor with big, bold word, joy, straight across it. And I thought, okay, anchored joy. Are we anchored in our joy no matter what? And that's a tough thing. That's not easy. I think it was last fall, I did a short series on joy. And if we're not anchored in our joy, life circumstances will rock us and rock us hard. And so I started thinking about, okay, We know what an anchor looks like. It's very, very hard, very heavy uh, iron, and it has these broad, hooked-like arms, right? If you want to Google a picture of an anchor to help you, it's got these arms, what to me almost look like arms, with these hooks in them going up, right? So I pictured in my mind these broad, like hooked-like arms wrapped around joy, I'm not letting go of my joy. I'm digging in and I'm holding on to joy regardless because that's what the enemy's trying to rob. Over and over and over again, he's come after our joy and he succeeds and hopefully he only succeeds for a moment, right? We all, we all, we all get blindsided. We all end up in situations and, and it's tough. 
It's tough to hold on to the joy, but we got to dig our heels in. We got to say, no, I'm not letting the enemy rob me of my, he can't take something you don't give him. That's the awesome thing. The enemy cannot come in and take something we don't give him in our relationship with the Lord. So if we don't give him our joy, he can't rob our joy. He's going to try and he's going to try again. And then he's going to try again. And then he's going to come back later. That's why we have to be anchored in the truths of God's word. We have to dig in. We have to hold on to joy against the motion that goes against it, against the current. Think about what an actual physical anchor does. It digs into the bottom of the ocean or a lake and it holds the boat anchored. Now, does the boat wave a little bit here and there? Yes. It doesn't cause nothing to move. The anchor doesn't cause the water to be still. It, co- it causes the boat to remain. And that's what the Lord's desiring. Just remain in my joy. If you anchor yourself in me, the, and what happens from this? The joy of the Lord is our strength. This day I choose joy. I woke up this morning, not literally, but I'm just saying, I woke up this morning and I didn't feel joy. But then I shook it off and I said, today I choose joy. You got. I have a thing in one of my bathrooms that says that, today I choose joy. And we might have to shake it off morning after morning after morning and say, today I choose joy. But it's a mindset because there's a lot of times that things don't go as we expected. There's a lot of times that things didn't look like we thought they would look. But I'm telling you right now, don't let your joy go now. Now's not the time to give up. Now's not the time to sit down and put your feet up and say, I quit. Now's the time to rise up and say, I'm going to stand and I'm going to stand Therefore, I'm not going to be shaken. I'm going to press into the Lord. I'm going to press into his goodness. I'm going to press into his faithfulness. I know he's trustworthy. I know he's not a man that he would lie. I know he's going to do what he said he's going to do, and I'm not going to be robbed of it in this season. I really believe that the people that have held on to their joy that have remained steadfast in the word, in the Lord, in worship, in prayer, in fellowship, all these things encircle our walk and our relationship with the Lord. I I saw people stepping through doors into the new. Like the moment they're stepping into that door, it's like they were on the outside, right? Dusty, gray, I guess. And the Lord just gives me a lot of pictures. And they step through this door and it's like they shook it off. And on one side, you know, you've seen this driving down the road, right? We look in our rear view mirror and boy, it's all cloudy back there. It's like there's a storm behind us. And we look in the front and the sun is shining. Picture that. That's what I saw, like a man standing on the outside of a door and just cloudy, just, you know, things have been tough. Things have been disappointing. Things have been discouraging. No more, says the Lord. Step through this door I have for you. Step through this mindset of I'm going to be anchored in joy. I'm not going to allow anything to rob my joy. And I'm going to step through this door, shaking off the discouragement, shaking off the despair, shaking off shame, guilt, condemnation, whatever it is, and step through that door 
to that new season God has for you. And I saw the sun shining on the man. The man was on the outside of the door, gloomy, dusty, gray, stepped through this door and the sun's just beaming. It's like, I've got you. I had you back here. You didn't feel it, but now you feel it, right? The sun's shining. Now you feel the sun. Now you know, indeed, I came life and to give life more abundantly. As you raised your expectation, as you stood up one more time and stepped, when you didn't feel like you could do it, You did it anyways. You felt the presence of the Lord. You felt his son shining his favor on you, causing man to have favor on you. It's going to be a season of recompense. I'm telling you, it's coming in. It's not three years down the road from now. It's now. It's the moment you step. He's showing up and he's saying, here you go. Here's everything that was taken from you. He has all the situations that were robbed, stolen. You were in obedience and it was taken from you. Here you go. And by the way, when I give it back to you, I'm giving it to you with increase because you are anchored in my joy. And also that the Lord's going to start connecting and setting up people that didn't even know each other, even just recently. And it's going to be, Um, either somebody you had zero connection with before or your paths have crossed previously, but just that, you just passed, you met casually maybe, uh, whatever the situation is. But um, I I just see connections and setups because connections and setups matter. And And when the Lord orchestrates them, they really matter. And I'm sure you've been in situations in your life where you've had what you felt like were divine connections, what you felt were like were divine relationships that just didn't work out how you really thought God intended them to work out. But man is man and man has their choices. But God is God and God can cause restoration and God can bring recompense in an increased way. So, um, because, right, you know, we know that uh, anything that's stolen from us, we receive that back. Not not just the same, but with interest, so to speak, if you want to look at it in a financial perspective. But I believe that the Lord is those things that were stolen from us, that he's bringing them back with increase. So, and he needs setups and he needs connections. And so it's going to be the, uh, maybe somebody you didn't even know last week is connecting you this week. And bringing you through a door next week that you never even realized was before you, never mind even trying to knock on it or open it up. And the other person saying, I'm actually setting it all up for you. Here you go. That's the expectation level the Lord wants us to step into now, in this season right now. He wants our expectation to increase and our faith to increase. And just wake up each morning saying, okay, God, I'm ready for it. I'm believing you. I know you're going to do something today. I'm expecting it today. I don't think this week is closing out without a mighty move, a suddenly of God on my behalf. And a lot of times we go in, we do have these setups. We do have these new connections, but we go into them from a guarded perspective of how will this be any different than the last situation, the last relationship, the last thing. And I just feel like the Lord's saying it will be similar but different because my hand is in it this time and I'm here to redeem and restore in this season. It's going to be different. There will be a different outcome 
this time. The enemy has tried. He's tried stealing our joy over and over and over again. But we have risen up and we have said, not today. And in response to that, God has said, now today. I want to end by reading you this scripture that really kind of wraps up what we're talking about today. And it's in Hebrews 6. And it really starts at verse 13, probably through about the end of the chapter. I'm going to read it in the message translation. I went and read through several different translations this morning. And I'm going to read it from the message translation this morning, starting at verse 13. When God made his promise to Abraham, he backed it to the hilt. Putting his own reputation on the line, he said, I promise that I'll bless you with everything I have. Bless and bless and bless. And I want to stop here and say something. You may be thinking right now, it sure doesn't feel like God's blessing me. But I have to say this. Psalm 84, 11 tells us, God withholds no good thing from us. And even when we're in a bad, terrible, frustrating, worst thing we've ever been through thing in our life, the reason it hasn't been withheld from us is because it's going to bring forth a good thing in our life. So like I said earlier, even though this wasn't what you expected, it's been exactly as God knew it would be because he needed you to walk through it to become who you would become, who he needed you to become for his kingdom purposes. Always has to point back to his kingdom purposes. It doesn't point back to us. That's where we get off track. It has to point back to his kingdom purposes. How is this about the kingdom of God and not about me? Okay, so back to Hebrews. Abraham stuck it out and got everything that had been promised to him. Abraham stuck it out. It wasn't like God came in and said, Abraham, I'm going to multiply you. I'm going to bless you. Your descendants are going to be like the stars and boom or poof. Wave the magic wand and there it is. Now, Abraham went through some stuff. We go through some stuff. And what was Abraham known as? The father of faith. So Abraham stuck it out. It might as well say that Abraham went through some stuff. And as he remained anchored in joy, he got everything that had been promised to him. Now, that, that, that's Linda's translation. That's not what the Bible says. But that's basically, if you want to translate it out into your own language, that's what it's saying. When people make promises, they guarantee them by appeal to some authority, right? When we take money from a bank and we promise we're going to pay it back, we have to have equity that equals that money, right? So that's something that's backed us. God doesn't have to do that. He makes a promise and he is the backing. When God wanted to guarantee his promises, he gave his word, a rock solid guarantee. God can't break his word. Remember I said earlier, God's not a man that he would, he would lie. That's in Nehemiah. And because his word cannot change, the promise is likewise unchangeable. It needs to be manifested through us being anchored in joy with a faith and an expectation and trust and hope in the Lord. But the promise has not changed. Fulfillment of promise comes through us lining up in our hearts up in agreement with God's promise and saying, like Abraham did, I'm sticking it out until I see Fulfillment of this promise. Fulfillment means nothing lacking. 
It means everything that is needed is in place. So jumping down to verse 18 of Hebrews chapter six, we who have run for our very lives to God have every reason to grab the promised hope with both hands, remember that anchor wrapping around joy, and never let go. It's an unbreakable spiritual lifeline, reaching past all appearances, right to the very presence of God, where Jesus, running on ahead of us, has taken up his permanent post as high priest for us in the order of Melchizedek. That's so powerful. Jesus went before us. He stepped into the new covenant. This is the new and the old covenant right here. There was a covenant and a promise to Abraham. And it was fulfilled because Abraham stuck it out. God made the promise. Abraham stuck it out. But, but now there's a new covenant. It's a greater covenant with Jesus. And that is what allows us to be anchored in joy, anchored in all things, because he is an all things God. And in the new covenant, with Jesus running on ahead of us, establishing ahead of us. Like it's already finished. It's already accomplished. It's already fulfilled. We just need to step through that door and step into it. 